Well, this morning's message is, why a resurrection? <laughs> why a resurrection? Now, <clears throat> I, I, the challenge is that, you know, with, with Easter, Christmas, that you would think they'd be very easy that, you know, come up with a, a message because, you know, Jesus rose from the dead. Amen, let's go home. Ken, <laughs> yeah. no cheering. I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, anyhow, we, we see that there, this, why is there a resurrection? Now, we know that there are other religions in the world. There are other uh, individuals who claim uh, their divinity or divine message. But God, through Jesus Christ, is the, in Christ, is the message of life and eternal life and the giver of life from the very beginning. So we're going to read today from John chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw the stone that had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around his head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. You know, we celebrate Easter as the time that Jesus rose from the dead. And it's a happy resurrection day. <laughs> You know, happy Resurrection Day. We say Merry Christmas, Happy Easter, well, happy Resurrection Day. Now, of course, there are always critics as to uh, whether Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, some, they said that his body was stolen, and others said he really wasn't dead when he was put in the tomb. He just simply walked out. <laughs> okay, that would be a real feat, moving a stone after being almost whipped to death and, and Roman soldiers standing guard. Uh, it would, you know, so... There's a lot of people looking for reasons to try and discredit uh, the resurrection. But I, I want to think about something for a moment. Look at the disciples. You know, if we were thinking of someone going to put on a hoax, if someone was going to say that he really didn't rise from the dead, well, look at the disciples. These men were not world changers. <laughs> These were not individuals who were sought after by the Romans, by the Caesar, to be his advisors. These were ordinary men, fishermen, that God saw their potential, and he called them to follow him. And he says, come, follow me. And they left their tax collecting, they left their boats, their fishing village, they left their um, occupations and began to follow Jesus. So they have joined together, surrounded what they consider a man who was going to be the next king of Israel. And somehow, somehow, Jesus chose them. Now, again, if we were taking a, uh, a ballot on who would be the disciples, I don't think any one of these guys would have been, been on that ballot. 
But we think of this just prior to the crucifixion. They wanted to know who was going to sit on his right hand and his left. And we're going to read that in a moment. That they, Jesus would tell them things and they just didn't get it. Okay? And sometimes I, I liken that to ourselves. That did anybody ever tell you something and you just didn't get it? Some, you know, some people can, you know, some jokes that, and I don't have one to tell, but uh, some jokes people say, I don't get it, you know. It just doesn't have a bearing. And so we hear the scripture, we hear the promise, we hear these things from, the, uh, from God over and over again, and it just doesn't seem to make it inside. So they, they were not looking, they see these disciples, they were not looking and, f- and seeing a crucifixion, they were looking for a coronation. They wanted Jesus to be anointed to be the king of Israel. And so to them, he was a Messiah that was going to conquer uh, the, Roman, the Roman government. But Jesus was arrested. And what did they do? They ran away. <laughs> when Jesus is on trial, Peter denies that he even knows Jesus. Where are the others? So you see, these individuals are not world changers. These individuals had a concept of who Jesus was to be, and he didn't fit what they thought he should. (laughs) Whenever he speaks to Mary and Martha after the death of Lazarus, you know, when they sent a message to Jesus, they said, Jesus, the one you love, Lazarus, is sick. Now, We would think, if Jesus loves me, why do things happen the way they do? Why do bad things happen to good people? And the answer is, we don't know. Some would say, oh, it's sin, it's this. If God were looking to punish us in this life, we wouldn't have a a prayer. (laughs) You know, if God was going to punish us for our life and for the events of our life, That's not what he's doing. Life happens just the way it happens, and some some things are really good and some things are really bad. Well, when Mary and Martha sinned for Jesus, something really bad has happened. Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Okay? Well, they had faith because they had seen Jesus do many miraculous things, And so healing Lazarus was not something out of his ordinary um, agenda that he could do in in his everyday life. It was something he did constantly. If all the things that Jesus did in his life were written down, there wouldn't be enough room, enough books for them. So it isn't like these events that we read in the Gospels are the only things that happened. There are hundreds and thousands of other things that Jesus did in his ministry and his walk with people through those three years. But Mary and Martha are, why, if you'd been here, why didn't you come? If you'd been here. See, that's where our not being able to see through something to the other side. John 11 says, Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last. God, I know it's going to be all right when everybody is risen from the dead. I know you're going to take care of it at the end when everybody, it's all consummated and the world comes to an end. I know it's going to be okay then, but you should have been here before he died. And Jesus said unto her, 
I am the resurrection, and I am life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever believeth, whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Okay. So the, the challenge is, now, we, sometimes we let things pass over. Sometimes we just don't get it. See, Mary and Martha, they had a healing in mind. Jesus had a resurrection in mind. He was doing something greater than what they were expecting. Now, the challenge is in our faith to believe that God is going to do something greater than what we were expecting. So the the bad thing happened. The negative thing that we look at happened. You know, somebody walked out of our lives. You know, one guy said, if somebody walks out of your life, they're not part part of your destiny. They're not part of who you are to be, what you are to be. So just let him go. Let him keep on walking. (laughs) And the idea is when bad things happen, he says, don't get hung up on them because there's something beyond the bad thing. There's something beyond the negativity. We have to get past the negativity. We have to get beyond our ability to misunderstand. We have to get beyond that. And the miraculous power that Jesus has over life and over death is something that he is proving here and he's, is it where he's setting us up for his own resurrection. But he's also telling the Mary and Martha, he is resurrection, he is life. And so every time we pray, we are praying to and with and for and in behalf of God working in the lives of ourselves and others. He always hears us when we pray. Doesn't mean he's going to do what we tell him. It means that he always hears us and he's going to somehow do what is best. And you see, we have to let the best in his hands, not ours. We would like to determine what is best for our lives. How many would like to do that? How many of us would like to determine what's best? Would you like to determine what's best for your life? Yeah, thank you very much. See? We would all like to determine what's best for our lives. And, you know, I could give God a list of best things for my life, you know? Do you think he would listen? He probably would say, David, those aren't best for you, all right? So anyhow, why a resurrection? Why a resurrection? Well, he has risen from the dead to prove that he is God. No. (laughs) God doesn't have to prove that he is God. You go back to Genesis, it just says, in the beginning, God. There's no explanation. There's just, God is. Okay, where did God come from? God is. Well, how did all this world begin? He spoke it into existence. Oh, do you believe that? Yeah, he's God. So, whenever we're looking at this, and why a resurrection, is that he wants us to know he loves you. Short and simple. Why a resurrection? He wants you to know, do not be afraid. That's what he told Mary, he told the angel, the angel told Mary and Martha, you know, they're looking at the, the tomb. Don't be afraid, the angel says. 
Whenever Jesus is born, the angels appear to the shepherds. We say, Don't be afraid. So God is telling us over and over again, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what's happened. Don't be afraid of your past. Don't be afraid of your future. Because the, he says that all things will work together, fit together like a puzzle piece. All these things will come together for good huh, to those who love God. So you see, God is at work bringing about the good in our life, and here we are saying, yeah, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You know, just kind of throw a wrench in, the, in, in this whole puzzle piece. Oh, I did things wrong. Oh, I'm, you know, this, I'm that. I'm, you know. Jonah went the wrong way. You remember Jonah, the, the fish, the whale of a tail? So Jonah... God says to Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh. Jonah says, I ain't going. Those guys don't deserve saving. Those Ninevites are the worst people on the planet. They all deserve to die. And I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go there, and you're going you're to save them, and I don't want them saved, so I'm going the other way. <laughs> You see, that's how we look at things within our own perspective and our own events. And what God is saying just kind of right over our head. What does that mean to me? How does that fit into my life? Well, why did God, why a, cruci why a resurrection? To prove to you and I that he loves us and that he, that we will live with him forever even though this body perishes. He is the resurrection and the life. You see, he was crucified to end the grip of sin. Sin is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. The whole um, message of breaking God's commandments is to steal from you the good in your life, steal to kill, to destroy what God has put in you for a divine good. You see, and our talents are part of God being able to use those talents in a way that makes his love and his grace and his mercy just continue to develop. So he gives us the talents to develop, not to sit on. <laughs> well, some people have a, a big bottom. What's that, what's that little... Um, there's a little cartoon. There's a cartoon guy and he calls him Bottom. What is that? Ner the, come on, Jack. You've got to help me out here. Yeah, he's, well, snap to it. There's, there's one of them uh, things there, you know. Uh, they, um, not the nerfs, those are the blue people, the yellow people. Minions. And the minions are calling the guy Mr. Big Bottom or something, right? What's his name? Grew. Well, anyhow, he's he shaped like a pear, okay? And he, you know, he, he just, you know. And so that's, some people just have a big bottom. That's because they sit on it all the time. <laughs> well, you see, when we sit on things, <laughs> they don't hatch. When we, whenever we're looking at what God wants to do in our life, he wants to do something more than what we've ever thought or imagined. 
So the resurrection, why a resurrection, is to let you know that God can do more than we can ask or think. He, he is willing to do more than we could ever imagine, and he has the power to do it, and he wants to reside within our lives because he is risen from the dead, and we can never be anywhere that God is not. So he is with us. He is with us to help us in our talents, in our lack of abilities, in our abilities. He's there to, he's there to encourage, to build up, to strengthen. So raising Lazarus, raising uh, Jairus' daughter from the dead, they are proof positive that Jesus has the power, and it was witnessed by many hundreds of people. And so when Jesus rises from the dead, it goes along with the power that he had already exhibited, which he had already shown to the people around him. So rising from the dead is just part of who he is. He just doesn't show up and then, you know, do something bad and they kill him, and then we have this hoax of resurrection. No, we have an entire life, three years of ministry that point to this one act of sacrifice the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. One act of sacrifice where he goes and he destroys evil and gives to us eternal life. The Pharisees remembered that Jesus, what Jesus had said in Matthew 27. Sir, we remember that what that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise again. Therefore, command the tomb to be made secure. We heard him say that he was going to come back from the dead. We want the tomb sealed up. We want your seal on it. We want guards around it. We do not want people stealing his body and claiming a resurrection. So you see, they did everything they could to make sure he didn't get out of there. Well, when the news of the resurrection comes to the disciples, what did the disciples first do? You know? It's just a bunch of crazy women. I was waiting for booze. But I was just <laughs> it's just a bunch of crazy women jumping around because they saw something, ghosts in graveyards and stuff like that. But Peter and John, they are, they are moved by this, and they get up and they run to the tomb, in which we read they find that John outrun, outruns Peter, <laughs> But John doesn't go barging into the tomb. He just kind of looks inside. Peter, impetuous Peter, he just blows right in the tomb. You know, wow, look. You know, and they saw and they believed. What they saw convinced them that Jesus was risen from the dead. Now, if you can imagine, Jesus is wrapped in, we think of it as the, the shroud of Turin, that he was wrapped in this long linen garment, from, it was one piece that went from his toes over his head and back around to his feet again. And at the shroud, now I'm not saying that it's authentic, because, you know, but it would represent to us that Jesus was wrapped in this and he just evaporated out of it. So there it is, lying head to toe, in perfect shape. And Jesus came through it. And it says that they believed. Because what they saw in the tomb, they believed. Now, 
If you, you, you have to understand that these, these, these disciples, <laughs> they were people who were afraid. When Jesus was arrested, what did they do? They ran. And Peter followed and he denied. And the rest of them are in hiding. And they're afraid to come out because they're afraid they're going to end up like Jesus. Beaten and crucified on a cross and hanging around to die. So they don't want this. So they're in hiding. But what happens to these men that they, each one of these men will die for their confession of faith in Jesus Christ except John? You see, People say, well, they were, they were telling a lie. No. Jesus appeared to these individuals. They saw him. They touched him. They conversed with him. And they knew that he was alive. And the gospel of Jesus Christ is what they went throughout the world, their world, and preached. And we have record of it in our New Testament. And it tells us about these men who changed the world. And they all died but one for their faith. Now, Something happens. They became bold witnesses because they saw the resurrected Jesus. <laughs> you see, people won't die for a hoax. You know, you want to put on a story, some of them are, someone's going to break. You have 11 disciples, Judas is gone. You have 11 disciples, and all of them are going, you know, let's tell this story that Jesus, you know, he rose from the dead, you know. So let's, let's start that rumor. Well, it wasn't a rumor. It was a fact. And that fact changed their lives. The fact that Jesus is risen from the dead changes our life. It changes us from the inside out. He touches our spirit. He touches our lives. So Why? Why a resurrection? Well, you see, when God created, he spoke the world into existence, formed man, breathed into him the breath of life, he became a living soul, made a companion Eve, and they broke God's one law. And that one law was don't eat of the forbidden tree. Now, why does God give us a law? Why does he say, why is there just one tree? Because God wants us to know he owns this place. You are a caretaker of it. You are a steward of it. But I own this place. And you're accountable for this place. I want you to be in charge of it. I want you to, to grow it and take care of it and tend to it. And it's all yours. But don't eat of that tree. So we look at our life and we say, well, what does God want? Why is there things... He wants us to know that we are caretakers of this life. He has given us this gift called life. And we one day will stand before him and give account of what we have done with this life. And do you know what happens? We get sidetracked. You know, we're going to stand before God and we're going to say, but God, and God was going to say to us, well, you know, you know, you know. It's like, oh, that's what you wanted me to do. That's how you wanted me to go on from there. Well, I didn't know that. God wants us to know. He made us and he created us. I always liked the scripture. While we were yet in our mother's womb, God formed us. He knew us. He had a plan for us. 
He stuffed in there all the things that we would need. Some of us got more stuffing than others. But he, he stuffed into us all those things that God wanted us to be and do and talents and abilities. And we see, we see it like the disciples. Jesus, he's going to be an emperor. He's going to be coronated as a king. They killed him. We look at our life and we say, I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to do all the right things. And something goes wrong. We stumble and fall. Something happens. And what do we do? We get focused on the wrong instead of on the right. That God has come to give us life. He's come to give it in abundance. He's come to give us the assurance that we will, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He has come to let us know that while we were yet in our mother's womb, he planned for us. He planned, he had a plan for our lives. We are now called to follow that plan, ask God for help and direction and surrender and, you know, all, all the things that will give us this understanding that we, more, we are more valuable than you've ever imagined. Do you know why you're more valuable than you ever imagined? Because Jesus died for you. And he rose from the dead for you. And he conquered evil. Death, hell, and the grave, he conquered for you. He didn't need to do that. Why the resurrection? He was proving to us how much he cared for us and what we lost in the Garden of Eden. Relationship with God and physical death. Jesus restored. Right relationship with God and eternal life. The resurrection of Jesus Christ declares more than just a great teacher, more than just a great miracle worker, more than just a great prophet. Jesus came to reestablish this right relationship between us and God. Amen? I should quit there, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> no. Every good preacher has to have four conclusions. Since you haven't been here for a while, you know that's true. <laughs> now I got one other thing I want to read. And it's from, it's a Phillips translation of uh, 1 Corinthians 5, 15, excuse me. He says, now, this is Paul talking about this. If, now, if the rising of Christ from the dead is the very heart of our message, how can some of you deny that there is any resurrection? So there were some people in the, in the, in the Corinthian church that, said there is no such thing as a resurrection. And Paul's writing to correct their, their, their thinking. And he, he goes on, he says, if there is no such thing as the resurrection from the dead, then Christ was never raised. And if Christ was not raised, then neither our preaching nor our faith has any meaning at all. You see, if the, if the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not, is not a certainty, then and all of this faith and all of these scriptures, it's all in vain. Further, it would mean that we are lying. Paul says this about himself. We are lying in our witness for God, for we have given our solemn testimony that he did raise up Christ, and that is utterly false if it should be true that the dead are not raised. Now, how does Paul know this? 
Jesus came to him on the road to Damascus when he was going to go kill Christians. Jesus came to him and knocked him to the ground with his great light. And he says, Saul, Saul, that was his name before he changed to Paul. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's like, whoa, it's Jesus. You see, Jesus was alive. He's resurrected. For if the dead do not rise, neither did Christ rise. And if Christ did not rise, your, your faith is futile, and your sins have never been forgiven. Moreover, those who have died believing in Christ are utterly dead and gone. Truly, if our hope is in Christ, we're limited to this life only. Truly, if our hope in Christ were limited to this life only, we should, of all mankind, be the most miserable, <laughs> the most pitied. Our life is not about keeping, keeping rules. Our life is about a relationship in which God is helping us live a life that is more than conquerors, more than victorious, greater than the difficulties, greater than our perceptions. As the disciples, he's going to be coronated as a king. And Jesus says, nope, I am the Messiah who will come and die for my people. Why the resurrection? Because he loves you. And because of his resurrection, you will live forever. Amen? Let's stand. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us that much. That you would come, humble yourself, set aside your divinity and become a, a baby. You would come and be born of a virgin in a manger, a lowly stable. You would live your life and you would be an example of all that is good. You would touch people's lives in a way that would heal them not only physically but spiritually. Lord, you even raised the dead and so, Lord, we thank you for all those things. But most importantly, you died on the cross for our sins, that the, your shedding of your blood for the remission of sins. By your stripes, we are healed. God, you descended into hell and there awaited the time, appointed time of the resurrection. And there you ascended from hell, conquering death, hell, and the grave. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. You ever live to make intercession for us. God, we are more than a conqueror through you, Jesus Christ. So let the resurrected hope that is born in us by the Spirit of God, may it be alive in us that we may know beyond a shadow of a doubt, because he lives, I shall live also. Amen? God bless you, your family. Bless this Easter for you. Amen. God bless you.